a collection of top secret, highly secure locations throughout South Texas. This is the Spurs Insider, the podcast outrageously snubbed for all-star consideration with Express News Sports Editor Nick Talbot and beat writer Jeff McDonald. I am Mike Finger. We are without Tom Ringo Starr Orsborn this week, who's getting a well-deserved day of rest. And guys, it seems like this might be the last chance for anybody to get a day of rest around the Spurs for the next several months. We're about to hit a part of the schedule in the second half where there's a game every other day and lots of times there's back-to-backs. How are the local cagers poised to handle what's ahead of them, Jeff McDonald? Well, first of all, I'm I'm wondering if I'm poised to handle what's ahead of me because I guess I'm going to have to carry this podcast today since Ringo's on his tropical vacation. Uh-huh. This podcast so, will be however many percent more polarizing. Um, as now, a result, 30, now as, 30 percent more polarizing. Yes, because we don't have Ringo's um, even keel to kind of temper your outrageousness. Uh, now, to your question about the local cagers. Um, mm-hmm. you know, how are they poised to handle this, this, um, 40 games and 68 days stretch to, to close the season? I think the number one thing would be to have everyone healthy. They're going to need everybody available body. And they haven't had that all year, uh, have every available body. They have to use all their depth to get, to get through all this. Um, you know, we, we come on here a lot of times and have all their depth. Uh, could, could they withstand a, an injury to Akita Bates Diop? Well, sure. What I, what I'm saying is they're going to need all those players at some point because okay. you know we've we've come on here before and had discussions about how do they get Lonnie Walker more time or how do they get this guy more time or that guy more time. I think everyone's going to get time at some point during the second half of the season because there's just so many back to backs. There's going to be guys rested. I think definitely going to be guys uh, you know with nagging injuries here or there that are going to need to sit. Um, so I, I think everyone, as we've seen in the last stretch here before the before the start of the All Star break, you know they're they're going to need a Kata Bates Diop game or you know a game where where Luka Shamanich has has twelve points or something or gives them good minutes or they're going to have to in order to weather this whole stretch and still make the playoffs they're going to need everybody to contribute at some point along the way so that's that's the the broad answer to your question there. Nick, do you feel like uh, Jeff and Ringo are, are rested enough for this? Or do you have faith that they'll be able to withstand all this? I, I hope they're both of you will be able to withstand all this. We'll see. With the 11 back-to-backs, it's going to be tough uh, for Mr. McDonald to heck, drink enough Polar Pops to keep himself energized. But <laughs> I know. I'm going to end up with hopefully diabetes. Hopefully we'll find a way to do that. I think the main thing for the for the local gaugers, for the, uh, the Spurs, with those 11 back-to-backs is – is how much of the we don't we haven't talked to all the guys that have gotten COVID yet, um, to see how their how, how serious their situation was, how it's kind of affecting their their breathing and and their conditioning and um, I, I know Jason Tatum from the Celtics when he got it he it, he took a long time even a month later he said he was still feeling the effects of it how's that going to play in to this forty and sixty eight with these guys if they're winded. Uh, Keldon Johnson said he was a, a little winded, you know, not they, they monitored his minutes a little bit those first couple games. How, uh, and, you know, he's the most athletic and probably the uh, the most energetic on the team. Uh, how So how is everyone else going to react to, you know, the congestion, that problems with the breathing and everything? How serious was that? Uh, and I'd like really interested to see, especially in this first stretch, how their conditioning is going to hold up and how their minutes are going to hold up. 
Keldon Johnson did not recommend the COVID experience. Yeah, he said it pretty much sucked. <laughs> Which, yeah. To, to, to that point, um, we've just seen sort of a small sample of, of Keldon Johnson coming back from from the COVID virus. And of that late last batch of Spurs players, he's, re- he's the only one that's come back to play an NBA game. He played in two games, limited minutes in both. Um, told us he feels 100%, but I don't know. I'm, I'm not calling him a liar, but I don't know if I buy it just from the eye test. Again, small sample size, but he sure didn't quite seem like he was back up and running at 100% full tilt. Um, you know, Wild Mustang, Keldon Johnson in those two games. And wh- whether that was just the layoff um, affecting him or or lingering effects of the virus, I don't know. But I think the point is valid that it's going to take a while for all these guys uh, to come back and, and look 100%, look like they looked before before the, um, you know, the outbreak. It does seem like uh, ages ago, uh, the, the games that were played in the week before the All-Star break, there was um, – Kind of something for everyone. If you're an optimist or a pessimist, uh, they they played pretty well in the first game against Brooklyn um, when they were huge underdogs and hung in there and gave those guys a game. And then on the on the second half of the back to back, just I, I was informed by uh, people across the league that the Knicks had changed. The Knicks still looked uh, pretty overmatched you. against your against your against your Spurs. The Spurs had one of their best games of the year in the second second half of a back to back. Uh, and blowing out the Knicks. And then that last one before the break, you're getting um, the second game of Keldon Johnson back from COVID. Um, uh, Oklahoma City, I believe, was on the second night of a back-to-back. They had just been blowed out in uh, in Dallas the night before. Um, and the Thunder had the Spurs' attention because the Spurs had just lost up in Oklahoma City the week before. And causing DeJounte Murray to kick the ball into the stands. And so you figure out oh, this is an automatic route for the for, for the Spurs against the Thunder and didn't turn out that way. So I mean and and I think Jeff you pointed it out. You don't say this often about this team this year, but that was a that was a bad loss. It was and it was on the way to be it being that route for a while. I mean early in the third quarter they're up 14 and and seem you know I know that 14 points isn't a insurmountable deficit in the NBA, but just everything seemed to be trending towards that route you were talking about. And the wheels just came flying off and probably hit some of those hometown heroes in the stands there that they let in the AT&T center stands for that game. I, I, yeah, I talking to pop afterwards and there's probably some validity to do this. He just said the whole, the whole stretch of having to play shorthanded five games in a row. And I think it was three and four nights caught up mm-hmm. to him. And, and he attributed that a lot of those, it was turnovers. I mean, it was clearly turnovers is what, what did the men against in that second game against OKC. Exactly. He attributed a lot of that to, to maybe just some mental fatigue um, building up over the course of those, those five games. If you had, if you had told me going into those five games, they would finish that stretch going to the all-star break with, you know, basically without, without all those COVID players playing, uh, if you told me they had to finish two and three, I think I'd have said they did a good job. Yeah, and I guess yeah, you still have to say that it's, it's two of the three losses were to the Thunder, which is bizarre. Yeah, checking in with the stat geeks, which we like to do every uh, every now and then on the Spurs Insider. I'd, I'd been saying all year that the projection systems had the Spurs as uh, uh, over fifty percent to to make the playoffs. That last loss to Thunder dropped them below. Basketball reference down really? to 44.8% heading into the second half of the season. 44.8% to make the playoffs. 
538 Raptor 43%. Um, watch we, out we for the see. watch out for the Memphis Grizzlies who um, uh, have have played steady basketball for most of the year without their. I think they, have they got anything from Jaron Jackson? I don't think so. No. John Morant's been out. Their schedule kind of uh, uh, eases up a little bit. So I mean, it does. But they're they're the other team that has forty games in in sixty eight days to finish. I, it I mean, everybody has lots of games in the second half. The Spurs uh, have the 40's most. Forty's the most, though. Yeah. Well, we'll see. Um, we'll now we've decided the the stat geeks are are uh, when they're laying this is out based on the top eight. So yeah. So. I think the chances are still good that that your local ch- cagers are looking good to, to at least finish in that top ten, right? And and have a chance to fight their way into a seven eight. But and every time we bring this up, we kind of take for granted that our listeners, who are some of the smartest listeners in the in the podcast, to fear. I mean, I, well, I, one I of them like, is the other one. I'm not sure about. Yeah, one of them is one of them. Is. I I feel almost embarrassed having to spell this out, but but just for people who aren't all over the up to date. Uh, NBA playoff format changes to to review the way the NBA playoffs are going to be moving forward. And it's even different from how it was last year. Uh, from now on, the top 10 teams in each conference will get in, will get an extra game and the ninth place team will play the 10th place team. Winner advances, loser goes home. Uh, that's a one game thing. The seven place team will play the eighth place team the winner gets the seventh seed and then the the loser of that seven eight game will play the winner of that nine ten game for the eighth seed so there's a definite advantage to finishing eighth as a result of ninth because then you just have to win one of two games there's a definite advantage to finishing sixth instead of seventh because sixth you're in seventh you've got to go through that extra stuff so that's some some kind of house cleaning there to make sure people know what we're talking about um but yeah, um, the, the the various steps there are, are finishing tenth gets you something, finishing eighth gets you a little extra, finishing sixth gets you a little more. But it, right now, to get to the to the old school um, uh, playoff series parts of it, top eight, Spurs are slightly less than fifty percent to make that top eight this year, and that, that seems fair. Yeah, that seems yeah, pretty that fair. Yeah, that seems fair. They, they got a five game lead on the Pelicans, though. Yeah. Pelicans are not uh, – Pelicans kind of projected to be – every time you watch them, you you just – your jaw drops at all the talent they have and how fun they can be to watch. Zion is a force. But they're still there in 11th place. They're they, angling for that. This, so. isn't, this isn't the Pelicans insider, but they can't guard anybody. That's their problem. Yeah. yeah. Like every so often, your, your Kirk Goldsberry types will put out that um, grid of like, like – um, offensive rating and defensive rating and the ones in right. this grid are good at both and the one and the, like the the ones in this grid are bad at both and the uh like right. the, the pelicans are always way off on their own as like this uh, amazing offensive team that just is defensively atrocious like way down the, the axis there yep that's yep and and the other the other teams the spurs are are dueling or i guess one of them um you know memphis kind of built in that spurs mode is Taylor Jenkins, former Spurs, uh, Austin Spurs guy, along with Quinn Snyder. Um, Memphis is 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 a defensive team. They're they're always in it because they can guard. And I guess that's a larger picture NBA topic to talk about. But um, 
do we do we still care about All Star and and why um, Mike Conley and Devin Booker and name your Western Conference All Star got in over Demar Derozan? Or are we kind of past yeah, that? We, we can talk about that. Uh, Demar, I, think, I don't know if Demar's passed it. That's what I was going to say. I don't, I don't think Demar's passed it, and I think that weighs more for the Spurs for the second half of the season than if he had made it because Demar plays angry pretty well. Yeah, yeah. I think that the the Booker thing. He was the first injury replacement, mm-hmm. and that was a little more defensible, even though I think I take uh, DeMar's full uh, stat line, full first half of the season. Yeah, I'm not uh, going yeah, to argue. I'm not going to argue against Booker. I'm not going to get upset about it. Um, uh, you know, it was a second player from Phoenix who's had a really good first half of the season. That's fine. When you're taking Mike Conley, who – I should say up front, as everybody else who's covered the league in the past 10 years, you like Mike Conley as a guy. He's one of the, the better interviews. He seems like just a good guy to have on your team. And for a long time, he was the best active player in the league who'd never made an all-star team. And he probably has been snubbed several times in the past. Just couldn't get in at a loaded position over the course of his career you got to say Mike Connolly deserves to play in an all-star game at some point. But if you're just in – like like take him, his first half versus DeMar DeRozan's first half, I don't think it's particularly close as to who played better or who deserved it more. I think it's, I know, it's I don't clearly think so DeMar. <laughs> I don't think so either. I think it was clearly DeMar. Uh, I would have taken DeMar over Booker. Um, just if you look at the numbers this year even DeMar, Booker hasn't been as good as he has the as he was you know the last couple seasons um just looking at things you know like shooting percentage and PER and all those all those fancy real plus minus numbers DeMar actually wins those uh, as long as you don't look at the defensive real plus minus um and then Michael Conley it's not real close i uh, only excuse i can see there is the NBA was desperate to get another three point guy in in that contest when Booker dropped out and yeah. DeMar's not going to be that guy the three-point contest, but that well, seems he pretty also, flimsy. He, you also give the Jazz a third um, all-star. Basically, it was the day after the the two Jazz all-stars were the last two guys picked. So, and and the same week that Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell just went off on officiating for for screwing over small market teams. And by the way, um, I wrote about that this weekend. I don't know if you guys have any thoughts on. The, you, you write you write words. I thought you were just a every podcast now host. and then. Like I'm a, I'm mainly a podcaster, but every now and then I like to to break out the old typewriter and uh, when, when did that and, start? And uh, fax over some uh, some carbon copied things for for them to put in the newspaper. Um, curious what y'all think about Rudy Gobert's contention that. Small market teams are at a clear disadvantage when it comes to getting respect from officials, when it comes to working their way up into the league powers. And uh, I believe he said that that's something that you have to overcome being in a small market, that you don't just you, you don't just have to be better. You have to be elite when you're in a small market. What do you guys think about that? If he's talking just in regards to officiating, that's kind of ridiculous. Like uh-huh. like. You know, Zach Zarba is 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 not calling a foul because it's Utah as opposed to the Knicks. Like that's uh-huh. ridiculous. 
I mean, there, there. I think there is. It's always been something. For the the star calls. I mean, LeBron's just going to get more calls than you know Royce O'Neal or someone like that. But I, as far as the team itself goes, Former I think it's ridiculous. Bear. I think it's ridiculous. Yeah, I think just on point there. I think the uh, the weight with the small markets is they don't have the Le- they usually don't have the LeBron James to get those calls. They don't have the Michael Jordans. They don't have the Kobe Bryant's. Those guys that get away with the calls in the league. Um, it's not Donovan Mitchell. It's not Rudy Gobert. And I think that weighs in part of it. And if you go into the all-star stuff, you know, it's completely valid. I mean, you can look at the Spurs and see it's completely valid because DeMar didn't get in. And then we had the – Mike Conley got in. <laughs> that's from, that's from, from the basically the same size market. The Salt Lake and San Antonio are 30 and 31 what in, a, your, in your Nielsen. The Jazz are – like I said, the, only, the Jazz are 27 and 9. And that's it's, true. That's the only – I mean, okay, so the, argue, the argument for Mike, going back to that, the argument for Mike Conley is he has the best uh, plus minus or whatever the heck it was in the entire league. So he's got he's on the best team. That's It's a real analytic argument. You know what's a great with, plus minus? Jakob Pertl. I was going to say, coupled with the you know feel-good story of getting Mike Conley in a game. Jakob uh, Pertl, I, what I heard is they invited him. They were going to invite him to the All-Star <laughs> game, but they just didn't want it to be unfair. I see. <laughs> like only one team gets a Jakob Pertl, and that team is just clearly going to win that game. And it's not even close. Not going to be worth watching. Uh, would you rather have seen Jakob Pertl in the uh, skills contest or the or the slam dunk contest? I would want to see Jakob Pertl in a free throw contest. What if uh, the league had offered Demar this this deal? You get to be in the All Star game, but you have to participate in the three point contest for us. Uh, I don't know. I think he might have passed. <laughs> Hasn't been a heck of a three point contest, though. A lot I think of he might have done, the I think he line, done what he often does in in clutch situations, and he would have passed. Um, <laughs> and that would have been the right move. Been. The passing is often the right move. Um, what was I? What was I going to say? I was, I I was about to go somewhere. And, you're you're and, uh, as good as just got completely thrown off. Colonizing. I got completely thrown off. Oh, the, the going back to the the small market thing, and I, I bring this up a lot. Like people are sick of me saying it, but it's a, it's a it just completely refutes the whole the NBA is fixed. Small market teams have no chance thing. For people who've said for decades that the NBA decides who wins lotteries and who wins championships and what have you. If the NBA is fixing this stuff and still the San Antonio Spurs won five titles in what, 15 years and got Tim Duncan, the most important, one of the two most important lotteries, him and LeBron James uh, of, of, of basically a two decade period. If they, if they fix things and allow that to happen, then they're terrible at fixing things. They <laughs> suck at cheating. They're, they're bad at cheating. If, if they want to fix things like Tim Duncan should have been a Nick or a Celtic or something, the NBA would have been way, made way more money that way. Yeah. The um, Celtics had the best odds that year too, right? They did. They, they did. did. And, uh, it's just kind of silly. I mean, you know, I, I think that clearly there, there are moments, as, as Nick mentioned earlier, where stars get calls, but I think that's natural. Um, and the idea that, uh, that, that the, the league office is conspiring to decide who's playing in these series where we've had um, 
this this millennium we've had what a Spurs Detroit finals, Spurs Cleveland finals, uh, Oklahoma City made a finals. Um, it just it just doesn't pass the smell test. Like, I have so a crazy theory. Ever... Go ahead. So your anti frozen envelope? Yeah, I mean the the, the Knicks. The Knicks got Patrick Ewing. That was a big thing. It was good, probably good for the league that they got him. But I mean, it, it's the Knicks have proven over the years that uh, they haven't got a whole lot of stuff fixed their way, and and still aren't based on how they played at the eighteen T Center last week. I've, I've I've got a I've got a conspiracy theory for Rudy Gobert. Um, mm-hmm. Sometimes the refs are just incompetent, and that's it. That's true. That's like sometimes true. they just they just suck. We've all played sports. Every so often, the refs have a bad night. And also, someone I can't remember who pointed this out this weekend. And I know you guys are so busy, you 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 would not dream of watching any college basketball. But I, I, I want to give credit where credit's due, but I can't remember who who said this. But the, but the best antidote for NBA players complaining about officiating is for them to spend one day watching college basketball officiating, because <laughs> comparatively, like the NBA, like the, the you know. Uh, Zach Zarba, that's that's he's he's eons ahead of what's going on at the college game, where all you have to do is fall over and get a charge call. Um, has has Zach Zarba come become the go to uh, for just name your NBA official now? It's true. Like, I had to correct myself there because I was going through my mental. I almost said Pavetta, and he's been gone forever. Dick Pavetta, Joey Crawford, uh, Steve Javi, on down the line. Like none of these guys, uh, the, the 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 kids listening to the podcast don't remember these people anymore you know because we our podcast skews quite young i've been told um and that's good for our demographics like the, whenever we so do it's it's, get it's, the, it's, it's uh, like stay-at-home moms playing it for their newborns to go to sleep uh, i'm not sure about that but i know that whenever we um get our sponsorship which i'm told is coming pretty soon um it'll probably be for like a uh tick tock or uh i don't know um Something, something really young. Sound. Now you're just saying words. I don't know. That's not- I don't know. But by the way, since we don't have a sponsorship, the best thing to do is promote uh, the place where we actually do uh, generate some form of revenue, and that is at ExpressNews.com. And and you know, it's a really good deal for the listeners to subscribe to ExpressNews.com. I mean, for the price of like a TikTok, you can get in. I think I don't know how much TikTok costs, or an NBA Top Shot. I'm not sure, but but go to expressnews.com. You don't only get Spurs coverage; you get coverage of our entire city, our entire state, award-winning coverage. Um, subscribe to the Spurs Nation newsletter. Do all that good stuff. It, it's we'd really appreciate it. And also go to uh, your podcast app and rate this podcast. Um, and comment or, or, or leave a review. We can really enjoy those reviews. We've been called the Tim Duncan of podcasts, and even better, we've been called the Yaka Pertle of podcasts. So, um, again, please uh, do that if you have a minute. Um, any- Just so we're on the same page, uh, a TikTok is one of those little tiny mints, right, that comes in a little plastic yes. Yes. container. Yes, but, but, but the kids, like they, they, the kids like them now. The kids are all okay. about... So it's retro. I get it. I'm asking Jeff this legitimately because I'm curious. Oh, no. I, I, I don't want you to do the default smart-ass answer here. I'm honestly <laughs> curious. Do you know what NBA Top Shot is? I have no idea. 
You really don't, do you? I have no, I have no idea. And you, you've heard of you've heard the the term. I, I suppose I've heard the term. Okay. What NBA Top Shot is, and I'm being serious. People are going to our older listeners, and we do have a couple of older listeners. You're going to think I'm making this up, and and I don't totally understand it. But this is my honest effort to explain what NBA Top Shot is. Like every play, every highlight during a game, it could be Jakob Pertl missing a free throw. It could be DeMar DeRozan passing to Patty Mills for a three-pointer. All those little clips are now uh, digital currency, basically, like a, like a Bitcoin. And I know no one here knows what a Bitcoin is either. But they are the, the NBA Top Shot makes only like uh, uh, 10 versions of that Jakob Pertl missed free throw. And then people bid on them and they, you own that clip for life. It could be, I mean, more uh, to the point, it, like a spectacular LeBron James slam dunk. And there's only so many of those. And those are somehow, don't ask me to explain the minutia of it, but people are trading for life that clip of Jakob Pertl missing a free throw and you own that forever. And they're selling these things for like thousands of dollars. It's And you buy them, I guess, like a, uh, you can buy a pack of them, like we Who used to buy. Who is selling these things? You 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 buy them like a, a a baseball card. You remember you'd go to the to the store and buy like a, a cellophane pack of baseball cards or be now this this now you're speaking my language. This I remember. Yeah. So there's a virtual version of that where you buy a pack of of Top Shots, and one of them might be like in the old days, you know, eighty eighty seven tops. You'd get another one of those uh, Mike Wits or whatever. Um, and, oh, another Mike Witt. Well, you could get another, you know, Jakob Pertl miss free throw. Or you could get lucky and get like this, the, the great Jakob Pertl dunk or, or block shot or LeBron James game winning three-pointer. And then you go and you sell those to people. Uh, what do you all think of that? I think Jeff's going to go broke buying all the Jakob Pertl highlights now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll be outbidding myself on Jakob Pertl. Anyway, that is that is NBA Top Shot as I understand it. Um, that it's a, it's that a was a perfect we, explanation. It's, we might need it's just it. Wild, that's the way it is, though. That I, you know, I grew up with baseball cards and whatnot, but during my age, they were all the cards now are worthless. They aren't selling for like, right. I guess the Kobe card rookie card sold for one point eight million the other day, which is crazy. But you know, yeah. selling selling digital clips. You know, it seems to me like you're selling some a gift that's going to be on Twitter five seconds later. But right. I wouldn't pay money for that. But it's whatever. Around. What I've learned, I shouldn't say learned. What I'm starting to gather is like stuff is just worth what people believe it's worth, whether that's Bitcoin or I don't know stocks. Uh, 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 what's the GameStop stuff? GameStop. Uh, Okay, so yeah, you, it's just you've been, like like we're going to a, down a completely weird tangent here, but um, yeah, the world is crazy. You've explained this to me now, and here's my reaction. Okay, what? <laughs> yes, I'll give it to you again. What? We're going to start a as a, as a um, spinoff to this. We're going to start an NBA Top Shot uh, podcast. It's going to come out on Fridays, and it's just going to be Jeff like like uh, recommending the top top shots of the week. And, and making his predictions on which I think be a most better valuable. spinoff podcast would be you explaining things to me and me having no idea what you're talking about. I think explaining the I, world to me. 
I actually there, think people there would like so that. Many topics. <laughs> yes, <laughs> unlimited so many number topics. of topics. I've been explaining the world to you for twenty years, um, <laughs> and I've never thought to capitalize on it. Um, we are winding down, and we haven't really gotten. Well, I guess we did to start out with what's ahead, but specifically this week, the Spurs return to action in Dallas on Wednesday, and then on Friday return home for the first game with, um, I guess they were, they were hometown heroes, uh, a small crowd last week, but this is, this is like actual season ticket holders and what up to 3000 or so in the, in the stands, um, in, in our closing minutes here, some thoughts about, uh, the week ahead. Um, it'll be interesting to see, to see the, the, the setup with, uh, fans and how it works and, um, you know, we've talked a lot about how there's no home court, home court advantage anymore. Um, as more of these teams begin to filter in fans, you know, will 3000 make a difference? Will that, will that, um, you know, give teams home, any sort of home court edge again? Um, that, that's kind of the thing I'm interested to see in that because after the, after this week, this short week, they go on like a, like a five games and seven night road trip. Mm-hmm. The following week, so I'll be interested to see if is that a road trip where you're playing road games, or are you still playing sort of these AAU style games where where the home court advantage doesn't matter. So that's with that's with, something with three thousand fans in the stands. Uh, are you pro or anti piped in crowd noise? Ooh, that's a good question. I would have to see it both ways and and decide that way. Does it matter uh, how much music they like play probably, over? Probably it's going to need a booster, right? Oh, I'm not talking about I'm not talking about music. I'm talking about crowd noise. Like uh, our our friend Raul Dominguez um, was at the game. We've been covering a lot of these from home. Raul shows up. Um, he likes the in arena experience, and he was pointing out during the one last week that um, the Spurs continued to pump in crowd noise. You know the the the, the cheers through the speakers, even while the hometown heroes were in attendance. And um, I'm just curious with 3000 in there, I almost think like, I, I don't have a strong feeling either way, but just let, since there's 3000 in there, let them make as much noise as they can. And, and it's 3000, but it's not 3000 all sitting together, like in the lower bowl, right. like some of those 3000s right. are going to be still sitting up in the, in the rafters right. in the upper deck. Like, I don't know how much noise those people can make. I think it might be a trial and trial and error sort of situation. Yeah, I can see that. I think this is all column material. Uh, You need to write a column ripping them for their piped-in crowd noise if they continue to do it. I always care passionately about the things that I write about. (laughs) I can't even get through that. Piped-in crowd noise is a much better topic than uh, Eyes of Texas. Yeah. uh Um, Maybe not. Are you happy about – speaking about uh, column topics that I have on the docket, Jeff is a a long-suffering – Cowboys fan, are you uh, are you happy about Dak Prescott uh, being uber rich now? I mean, sure, good for him. I have a, good for him. Yeah. Do you think he's the, he's going to lead the Cowboys to a Super Bowl? Um, probably not, sir. <laughs> okay. I mean, just based on uh, their entire history since 1995, 96, uh-huh. probably not. Well, there's been your NFL okay. analysis for the week. We, we got into um, – this has been a really good podcast, I have to say. We got into um, uh, analysis of TikToks and uh, uh, Top Shot 
and Bitcoin and GameStop, Jakob Pertle, um, how his snub from the All-Star game probably made the game much more competitive than it would have been because he would have dominated for whatever side he got into. We got into crowd noises and we got into the Cowboys. So I got to say, um, you you people out there should just uh, be really excited and thankful for for sharing another 30 minutes with us I this know. week. And I, I, I think we need Ringo. I think Ringo, oh, Ringo keeps, keeps us on beat. That's true. Ringo will be next, back next week. That's something good to think about. All the stuff that we talked about this week about uh, 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 cyber currency, be thankful for that. Be thankful that fans will be in the stands this Friday. Be thankful that you're going to be able to see 40 Spurs games in the next 68 days. And uh, aside from that, take care of each other and keep it real. Keep it real.